Holmes listening to the words of their face off at every time they read Margaret Dickens' face off. There's no other day than like today where we experience the love of God like the Lord. But I'm just, I'm the cause you have to bear it, right? Just for such a time as this, right? Oh! Sunrise service this morning. I don't know what it is about this sunrise service, but when the sun is starting to come up and you're starting to realize it's in the energy of the power and the resurrection power, man, it can get overcomes you in this emotional way. You guys know I'm not an emotional person, so it's like very rare for me to cry. But this morning was just really powerful and speaking about. The love of God, really, that's really what it comes down to. And this resurrection Sunday, yes, and Jesus out the cross, and really all of this comes back to the love of God for you. That, that's what all of this is about, is God's love for humanity. And isn't it funny how the church we get so good out of all these other weird things or different things or, or for the lack of a better word, stupid things? Amen. Uh, we have been out on all these other things, and yet it's the love of God that has captured all of us. It's only because of His love that any of us can even be called children of the Most High God. It's His love. And it's His redeeming power. He's the one that, it's His covenant, and it's His plan. From the very beginning, when He brings life into Adam, His whole plan was for us to be in this relationship with Him, dearly. For all of it, forever, for eternity, that was his plan. Do you know that God doesn't want anybody to go to hell? God does not want anybody to go to hell. That's his plan. It's not anybody to go to hell. And then God says, Look, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, what can you do? You can move mountains. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And I'm telling you that. But I'm not talking about a physical mountain, but I'm talking about the mountain of sin that's on us. That faith in Jesus can move a mountain of sin off of you. And I want you to understand today. I want you to leave this place today. I want you to leave this place excited. I want you to leave this place encouraged today. I want you to leave this place with some wind underneath your wings so that you can fly. I want you to leave this, leave this place today with the gospel of Jesus Christ so embedded in your heart, the love of God, so overflowing from you that you cannot be the same. That you cannot be the same. And it all wrapped up into this right here. It's that God planned in advance before you were even born in the womb of God. He planned in advance that Jesus would come to this earth as a baby and come into human form. You know, Jesus has been with God since the beginning. He was in the beginning. Everything that was created was created through him. Jesus has been with him from the beginning, and yet from the beginning, God knew that he had to send Jesus to become a human child, live a real life, and to be nailed to a cross for you. He knew that that's God's plan. God's plan. Well, why did he have that plan? Because he loves you. And for some of us, it's hard to get a hold of that God loves us that much. I'm going to be looking at the very Not a physical love, but 
physical mirror, but how many of you look at the mirror of your heart, the mirror of your mind, see some darkness? Anybody ever have any darkness or see any darkness? Have anybody ever seen the brokenness that you have? Anybody ever, everybody ever come face to face with the doubts and the fears that you have? And you know, without a shadow of a doubt, who you are. You know who you are. You know what's going on in there. And yet today we realize that God loves us in spite of ourselves. You see, you see, bro. He loves us in spite of ourselves. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. I want to read just through uh, some scriptures for you today about God's love. The, the, you know, we just spend all, we just spend like weeks on the love of God. I'm going to read just a few of these. How many of you have ever heard of John 3 16? Yes, for God so loved the world that what? He gave. It was his plan. He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him would what? They would not perish, but they would have eternal life. How many of you realize you are created for eternal life? Every single one of you are eternal. The very nature of who you are, the very nature of who God created you to be, is an eternal being. Yeah, it's all flesh. It's going to go back to the dust. You know what I mean? Is that your body was made from the dust of the earth. Yeah. That's a lot of dust. That's a very powerful thing. We were made from the dust, and yet we have this eternal being. Love by a lot of people. 
people love him than they do you. You realize that. Right? When everybody comes in the room now, it's, oh, what about Matt? Oh, yeah. I mean, this love, though, it comes from God. And this kind of love that comes from God is what is going to sustain you throughout eternity. It's his love. It's his love. He is. Do you know that God is pursuing you? That you may say, well, I go after God with all my heart. No, God, God has chased you. He has chased you down. He's chased you down to pour his love out on you. It says, for everyone who loves and has been born of God and knows God, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. He's the very essence of love. He's the very essence of, of love that creates sacrifice in us. It creates uh, this thing that lay our lives down. We surrender our own attendance. That, that's the love that God begins to pour in. He begins to manifest it in our body as the Holy Spirit is in us and begins to produce that kind of love. Now, let me ask you this. If you've been walking with the Lord at any amount of time at all, have you noticed an increase in your capacity to love others? Have you noticed an increase in your capacity to love yourself? Because that's very crucial too as you learn to love who you are in Christ. If you learn to love your identity in Christ, and you love the freedom that God gives you in Christ. It's God is love. God is love. And we've been talking about this for several weeks now, but this is the culmination of this is like this is the exclamation point that that on resurrection day is the culmination of God's great love for humanity. Yes, he nailed Jesus to the cross, but what if he would have left Jesus in his grave? No one got a lot of victory in that with us, for us. But the fact that Jesus is alive and that the grave is empty, there is victory. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is, this is love. But it's not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Since God loves us, we also ought to love one another. I think with the shadow of a doubt, what, what Christ's followers should be known for is their love. It's their love for one another. It's their love for the community. It's their love for humanity. That is what should drive the Christian part because it says God is love. And if God is love, that should be the that should be the thing that pushes us forward. It's his love. And today you understand how much God loves you because the tomb is empty. Because Jesus did die on the cross. How many of you think that the that Jesus' death on the cross was a was a fun experience? So if you read about the the, the horrific pain and things that Jesus went through the beating, the, the crown. I often I keep this crown around because it's made out of that love that for the locusts. I just want to say, is there any volunteers? I'm just going to try this out. Oh, you got to do it, man. Come on. We just set that down and melt it onto your head. How do you think that would feel? 
very many, says the Lord, who has compassion for you. Do you not think that God understands your weaknesses? I mean, for crying out loud, He knits you together in your mother's womb. He knew every little part of you, every little intricacy. He knew it because He formed you and knit you in your mother's womb. He knew exactly who you are. You think that scares God? No, He did. God's more powerful than your doubts, your fears, your lack of faith. He's more powerful than all of that. But he says, even though the mountains are safe, and even though the hills are removed, he says, my understanding love for you will not be shifted. My covenant of peace over you will not be removed. In Romans 5, verse 8, it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. In this passage, you know this passage of Scripture, Romans 5, 8. He demonstrates his love for us how? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you glad you didn't have to get all your stuff together? But that Jesus, while you were sent or while you were far from him, he died for you. That's what I talk about encouraging. See, God knows us. And God loves us. Anyway, he died for us when we needed it the most. When we thought about him the least, he did it for us. You want to talk about good news? God doesn't want you to perish. God doesn't want you to be separated from His love. That's not His intention. Galatians 2 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Do you understand what that scripture says? You can live by faith in Him. In the Son of God. Does that say you live by faith in yourself? Does that say you live by faith in your ability to be good and be good for and all of those things? Because we all know that some point we are That we're not. But God is consistently day in, day out, moment by moment, He is perfect. And He says, I will give you perfection in my son. So when we receive Christ, we call up His Son. We put Him on. We're in Him. He's in us. What He is, we are. God demonstrates His love. And while we still sin, as Christ died for us. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I will live by faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Give faith. Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to God. The God of heaven, His love endures how long? Forever. His love endures forever. Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Isn't that beautiful? That scripture man, you were dead in your transgressions. When you were dead in your transgressions, he died for you, he paid the price for you, and you are alive in Jesus Christ. You want to talk about the good news, man. This is what grace is about. Grace is not about a life of sin. Grace is about freedom to live. 
freedom to live your greatest life can all deserve. And if you prepare for eternity, even though when you receive Christ, guess what? Eternity is already beginning. And you took your first step, but your eternal life has already begun. Because you're an eternal being. No, stop separating it out, man. We are living the life, the eternal life right now. Death is not going to hold you down. We thought we'd sing that song, Death, where's the pain? Well, where's the victory? Christ done tore it up. Christ done messed it up. Christ done broke it down. Christ said, I got something better for you. Death and destruction will not hold you down. You'll have a life and you'll have abundant life. Amen? Psalm 36, Lord, you are compassionate and gracious. You are slow to anger and you are abounding in love and faithfulness. You see, we gotta, we bring it back. It comes back to God every single time. It comes back to Him. It's His love. It's not our great ability to love. It's His love to us. Zephaniah 3 17, it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Let me ask you this. Can you picture the Lord God singing over you, rejoicing over you? Look, some of you can't because you think God's mad at you. You think God doesn't like you. You think God's uh, disgusted with you. No. When you're in Christ Jesus, he dances over you. He rejoices over you. He sings over you. He is happy with you. Amen. But see, too many times our love is based on the way other people love us. And if we don't do a song and dance for people around us, then they're not going to love us. If you don't do what you, you think you've got to do, then you're not going to get their love. But that's not how God works. God says, I would love you completely. That's if I'm so full of love, it's it overcomes any fear of your shortcoming. I'm so full of love, and I'll lavish it on you even when you don't deserve it. I'm so full of love that I will pour it out on you no matter what. You see, God wants that kind of love to transform us into great lovers. See, that's what happens. The grace of God uh, smashes us like a tidal wave, and all of a sudden, this great love that we receive from God begins to manifest in us and come out of us. First John chapter 3, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We are children of God. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you find yourself today, that you walk as a child of God. Be confident in who you are. Be confident in your, in your identity in Jesus Christ. Be confident in that. Look, we're not, um, I think it's hard to say we're not out here trying to build up Cornerstone Community Church. Right? We're not trying to get a whole bunch of people to come to Cornerstone Community Church. That's not the goal. My, my goal, my heart, the leadership part is that you would fall constantly in love with Jesus Christ. If your love is so radically detained and affected, I, I just don't matter where you go to church. That's not the goal. That's not the end result. The result is that you fall in love with Jesus, that God's love so conquers you that you are changed forever. That's the beauty of it. 
His love gets a hold of you in such a way that whether you're at church or whether it's Monday morning, that you still love Him. Because when you mess up, you still find yourself wrapped in the love of God. You see, that's freedom. That's freedom. We need to in the church. We try to, we try to uh, preach love and then try to put people in shackles. And yet it's the love of God that frees us to the point man, that we can soar, we can fly, that we can love each other. God's love has been manifested today in the cross and in the empty tomb for you. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this. What? Paul said this in Ephesians, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious and unlimited resources, that He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. And that Christ will make His hold in your heart. If you trust in Him, and your roots will go down into God's love. Rooted into God's love, your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is. And may you experience the love of Christ so it's too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to God. Glory to God in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. we got to get our roots down into God's love. Which brings me to this here. We are so... Today just represents God's love in such a, a magnificent way. But you know what? I was thinking, I was reading through this story, and remember, they bring Jesus to Pilate, and he comes back to him, anyway, he ends up here, and Pilate's got the Jewish people outside in the courtyard, and he's got, he's got these prisoners up there, and he's got Jesus up there. He's talking about Jesus, and he says, "Look, I don't, I don't find anything wrong with Jesus. I, this is Jesus is innocent. Why, why, why is it that why?" And the same people who were shouting Hosanna, they begin to shout what? They shout what? They shout what? Crucify him! Come on, what? They said something like that. Crucify him! And then we find out that in this, in this time, the, the Jewish custom was to release a prisoner. They could release somebody. And the father tells us, he said, I'll, I'll release somebody. Who do, you, who do you want? You want me to release? I'll can release Jesus. And they're saying, crucify him. They say, no, release. Release who? I'm thinking, what is wrong with these people? 